Now, if you're friends with me on Facebook, I was a little disturbed by something yesterday. I asked simply if anyone had a slip and slide. And the first reaction was, how's he going to do that in a message? <laughs> so, so, like, well, I think we might have some irrigation problems if I, if I did it in the middle of the, uh, in the aisle here. Uh, however, also electronics would be harmed. But um, I'll, I'm thinking about it. I'm working on it. <laughs> It's like a challenge uh, was issued to me. Uh, I thought that was interesting. Uh, but we, uh, yeah, we, we were excited. Today, um, we're launching a series called uh, Love and Marriage. Now, if you're not married, if you're not even in love, that's okay. This still can apply to you because at some point in your life, I bet you hope to be in love and you might even aspire to be married. Not that that is a greater plane of existence or anything like that. Uh, but this is very applicable, applicable to everybody in all relationships, from any relationship that you have with anybody. All these things are pretty much transferable into how to get, the long, get along with people better in a biblical way of how do we deepen relationships. This is all under the idea of the immediacy of our marriage, because if you are married, then you need to work on your marriage. Right? That's a default. You don't arrive. I mean, you are arguing on the way to the airport for your honeymoon, probably. So, there, you know, there's not like a, a plane of existence where you're like, oh, marriage is so easy. Those, that doesn't happen. That only happens for people who aren't, you know, living in the same house, I guess. <laughs> that, that we, but marriage, marriage is uh, it's hard. It's rough. It's, it's difficult because there's another person there. I'm an only child. Most of you know this. I've been married 11 years, coming up in a couple of weeks. Um, I still haven't got over this whole fact that she's always watching. Always there. It's like Santa Claus is there, right? I love my wife. We've got a great marriage. But always there. She knows that every once in a while the greatest gift she can give me is just to take her and the kids gone for like three hours. I'm like a new man. Just... I'm, I'm a pretty high-intensity people person, if you've noticed. I like to be around, you know, have a good time. But every once in a while, that only childness is like a tick. It starts shaking. I'm like, <laughs> Jared, you're yelling at the dog. I don't even know why I'm yelling at the dog. She's sleeping the whole time. <laughs> Get away from me. And sometimes we have that in our own, our own relationships, right? We're all in marriages. If you're introvert, extrovert, whatever, it's like you just get to this point where you're like, please, just alone. I just need to be time to, it's just life. And we all run into that. Whether it's, you might do that with your coworkers, you might do that with your, your kids. It's okay. You're not a bad parent if your kids drive you nuts every once in a while. Let's just be honest, okay? It happens to everybody. You are not alone in that. And sometimes it's your spouse that's driving you bonkers. That's okay. Sometimes it just keeps on piling on though. Because you can take, you know, one or two Annoyances. Uh, that's that's kind of what we're we're doing with this this bumper graphic. We want to talk about how our issues in relationships usually you know one or two things every once in a while are okay. They can be blown away. They can you can get the the blower out and deal with those things. But it's when they're all piled on. It doesn't matter. You could have a gale force wind and they're not going anywhere. And, and and then it gets so overwhelming that I can't chip away at this. I can't get rid of any of it. I can't attack any of it. I can't move any of it. I. 
ah, and you just wilt under the pressure. And that may be where you find yourself today, and that I hope it's not, but that might be where you find yourself today. And so we want to talk about how do we deal with that? How do we start shoveling through that? How do we start examining just one thing at a time, start dealing with that to start lessening maybe the bricks that feel like they're on your heart, just one at a time, taking them off? I have a book here. It illustrates this wonderfully. Don't tell Olivia Graff that I have it. She'll be very upset with me. Yvonne had to sneak this out of the house and got busted. And Olivia was very, very agitated. Um, This is called Go Away, Big Green Monster. It's not a Pulitzer Prize winner or anything like that, but it should be. Big Green Monster has two big yellow eyes, a long bluish-greenish nose, a big red mouth with sharp white teeth, two little squiggly ears, Scraggly purple hair. I feel like I'm reading Rainbow right now. And a big scary green face. But you don't scare me, so go away, scraggly purple hair. Go away, two little scraggly or squiggly ears. Go away, bluish greenish nose. Go away, green face. Go away, big red mouth. Go away, sharp white teeth. Go away, two big yellow eyes. Go away, big green monster. And don't come back. Until I say so. Now, in the kids' book, it illustrates how we deal with marriage issues, how we deal with any problems. We cannot deal with a whole big, huge conglomeration of 50 years of junk. If you do that, that's called getting a hernia. <laughs> right? That's how you throw out discs. And maybe there's emotional you know, hernias that you've gotten because you've tried to lift too much. You, you put all emphasis on this, this one night, on this one date night. This, everything's going to get fixed right here, right now, this, this moment. Guys, that's just emotional. Oh, pulled something. We have to take and examine small things, small portions. And how do we deal with this chunk? Okay, let's move that. All right, now the, the load got a little lighter. Okay, let's deal with this one and pull that one away. Let's deal with this one. It's hard. It's, it's not quick. It's, it took 50 years to get into this predicament, so it's going to take a little while to get off. But we want to just put it in the microwave and, bing, 30 seconds or less be done. It's not the way it works, unfortunately. I wish I had a different answer for you on that. Marriage is beautiful, and it's worth fighting for. It's worth dreaming about. It's worth pursuing. It's worth the time, the trouble, and the tears So let's find the beauty in the mess. It's hard to see the beauty through the mess. I understand that. I I get that. I, I, I live that. Sometimes when you walk into your children's rooms and there's all kinds of socks everywhere and your daughter's tried on 18 different dresses in the last 30 seconds, you just want to, why, why can't, why, why? 
but then you see her dressed as a princess. And you have a choice. What are you going to choose to see her as, the messmaker or the princess? Free advice, go with the princess. <laughs> it's better for the blood pressure, by the way. And the same thing applies to our, our, our marriages as well. Like, what are we going to choose? We choose the, the, the dirty dishes or do we choose the one who cooked the meal? Do we cho- what, are we, what are we choosing there? And, and how is our perception altered there? And how, how is it messed? And how has it gotten all dirty? I want to focus on seeing the beauty in the mess. And that's kind of our topic sentence uh, and statement for the next few weeks. I have scheduled for four or five weeks on this. It could go longer. It's marriage. It could go for a long, 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 long time. We probably cannot exhaust this subject matter, right? But this is what we're going to be dealing with for a while. I want to start with a question for yourself. What do you want out of your marriage? Either in the present or the future, what do you want out of it? What do you dream about for it? Do you dream about it? Because you dream about a boat, and you dream about retirement, and you dream about a job, and you dream about hobbies. But do you dream for a better marriage? Maybe that's a part where you just start at. To dream for better in that. What do you want out of it? Maybe it's better to think about what drives you in life. Is it, is it money? Is it being right? Is it power? Is it influence? What's the prime driver of your marriage? Is it a business transaction? Is it a goods and services issue? Maybe uh, your marriage looks like a ceasefire. What, is, what does that look? What drives your marriage? And what can you dare to dream about for your marriage? Maybe your first step in dealing with marriage issues, relationship issues, is just to ask the question to your spouse today at some quiet time, what do you dream about for our marriage? Now, men, when she says, I want to move to Hawaii, do not come back with, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. This is called an argument. <laughs> you are dreaming. I like to say when we're brainstorming for things, there's no bad ideas in, in brainstorming. You can throw anything you want to at the wall. We'll kind of erase them quietly later. But bad, there's no bad ideas in dreaming. There's no bad ideas in dreaming, okay? There's not a to-do list. Guys, I know when, when something big kind of gets thrown out, well, for our marriage, I would love to retire in Hawaii. Okay, well, that doesn't, okay, this and that. And you're all of a sudden getting stressed out about your performance at work and that you're not going to be able to provide for her dream. And she just was dreaming with you. It's okay, guys. Chill out. Calm down. Say, that's nice, honey. That, just practice that. That's, oh. And stop. Okay? That's, that's, good, that's good stuff right there. I'll preach for a long time. Okay, just, just stop. All right, now, ladies, when your husband says, I'd like to go to the beach and, and fish. That's what he means. <laughs> no alternative motive. He's not saying anything else. Just let's go fish. He probably could get away with just like 
buying him some night crawlers and pointing him towards the, the pond. Okay, it's not, there's no alternative motives. There's not this big thing. <gasps> he wants to go to the beach because he's leaving me and cheating on it. No, no, he wanted to sit on the dock and throw the, okay. That's what it means. Guys, just let her dream and ladies, just take it for face value. Okay, the whole heck of a lot of arguments can stop right there. Right? You guys are going, oh. That's why there was so much nervous laughter, right? <laughs> we did that eight times this week at the yard sales. What do you mean you need a dresser? He doesn't like our dressers. Oh, my gosh, he hates everything I've done. Everything I've bought for this house, he hates absolutely. No, he liked the dresser. He's actually at the yard sale with you. Holy cow, praise Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> See, I think we have to really be strongly in tune with how do we get better marriages. Because, honestly, as, as Christians or non-Christians, the divorce rate's the same. Our marriages are failing. And there's something fundamentally wrong with that. So we have to examine this issue. Our, our marriages are, are just dissipating and dissipating, and it's become a, a consumable resource, something that we can just throw away. And it might be a hard throw away, but it's something that we can just get rid of. Now, there's all kinds of societal issues with that and all kinds of layers of junk that we don't need to get into. But the fact remains, if I look at Christian households and I look at non-Christian households, there's not a difference there. But the problem is God puts a huge emphasis on marriage. This is something, one of the things that he creates first in this world is is this bonding of man and woman together. And when we start tearing it apart and tearing the fabric of that apart, things break and things are are, are broken. I think we can all agree that things are broken in our kids and in our society and in our issues. And I, I would argue that that all funnels back to our marriages How do we tie this together? How do we build a foundation in that? One of the first things we can do is burn the ships. Burn the ships. Famous uh, explorers, when they would get somewhere and they they knew their guys might mutiny, they knew their guys might want to go back home, they would just light their ships on fire. Say, you ain't going home that way. Right? You, You just, you cut that off. It's like using the word divorce. Never utter it in play, in jest, in anger. Just don't use it. Don't, don't use it. It's not there. It's not in your vocabulary. I, I honestly, I've, I've conditioned myself so much not to say the word divorce that I have a hard time actually verbalizing it right now because my wife's in the room. I could talk about it. If she wasn't here, I could say it all the time. But it's like this spiritual, emotional block I've put that it makes me kind of want to vomit just saying it with her in the room. And we should have that. We got to burn the ships. It's not an option. It's not a choice. It's not really there. If you, I mean, I know there's the extenuating circumstances like, Jared, you don't know so-and-so. You don't know what he did. You don't know how I've been hurt. You don't know how I've been physically harmed and all these things. I'm not trying to be legalistic with this, this deal, but guys, we've got to burn the ships. Don't make contingencies. If you came here with a backup plan, let's throw it away today. Ephesians 4, 2-3 says this. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. 
We could speak on this verse for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. Be completely humble and gentle. If we examine our interactions with our spouses or with just people, our coworkers, this week, because this wasn't written just for marriages. This was written like how Christians should live their lives, okay? How, how we should live our lives. Completely humble and gentle. Be patient. Now, if you're anything like me and you think about that verse for more than three seconds, you can go ahead and keep it up there, Kevin, if you would. Um, if you think about this, this verse for any length of time whatsoever, you go, ooh, my humility this week wasn't the best and I wasn't keeping peace in my life. I, oh, that argument, I didn't need to do that. And I, maybe, maybe just after a reflection, you just need to go say, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do this and I'm trying my best to do better. Sometimes it just takes humbling ourselves to say, I'm going to own that. This humility idea, how do we deal with humility? I think it's just taking ourselves down a notch. And this is a root of what marriage issues are, is when we're fighting to make ourselves number one in the marriage. And and humility just says the other person is going to be more important in this situation. And when you have this mutual submission idea, you have this mutual humility idea, everybody's put forth first. I was reading, I did a lot of research this week on marriage issues and marriage problems. It was really interesting reading the Women's Health magazine, what their top uh, marriage issues were in the men's health, and the order in which they were totally different. And they were inverted. But you can't guess that the men's number one was sex, right? <laughs> Shocker. Women's, like, one number two was housework. They wanted help with the housework. And uh, this is really interesting. We'll talk about this later, too. But I thought that this is really stuck with me, that women uh, getting married adds seven hours a week of work to a woman's schedule. <laughs> a man only thinks it adds, like, one. Because if you think of a clean house, a man can clean the house. I used to clean the house all the time. When Kelly worked, uh, I would clean the house uh, once a week because I knew it would make her happy, and she was... She was flying around teaching, and she was teaching about an hour away, so it was a really stressful time. I would clean the house. It took me 45 minutes to clean the whole house. <laughs> Granted, I am quite fast-moving. However, it took me 45 minutes to clean that house. Kelly, if she would have taken the time to do that, we're talking 24, 36 hours to clean the house. I don't value cleaning the house as much as she does. Where it's only 45 minutes of work for me, it's a good day's worth of, you know, we're sweating to the oldies on this thing. And so, men, men, we, we, the dressing the housework issue, because it is an issue in your house, whether you know it or not, it is an issue. I found that out this week. I didn't know it was. It's an issue. When she's cleaning the house or doing that, that is a bigger value for her than it is for you. So, and also, women, if you wonder why, he doesn't appreciate what I do around here. You're right. He doesn't. He doesn't think it's an hour worth of work for him. It's like, you know, mowing the grass. That's, I know they're not equal, but in our deranged brains, they are. <laughs> so men, take it a little bit more you know, seriously. Women, now maybe it gives you a little more frame of mind. But don't use this as ammunition. We're not giving ammunition to anyone. And just like, oh, that's why he doesn't care. He really doesn't. <laughs> Once again, take it at face value. Okay. Uh, I want to show a video clip here today. Uh, 
I thought this is so neat, so appropriate. Uh, I thought, what would it be like if our relationships, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to start doing, I started doing this this week, just halfway through this week. I don't know if Kelly even noticed, but I wanted to treat my wife like it was the, you know, when we were dating in that, just the mindset. Now I haven't bought her anything. There's been no chocolates or teddy bears show up. We haven't even gone out to eat because we've just been crazy busy. But the attitude of, I get to be with her. And where that came from was watching this silly little video. Maybe you've seen it on Facebook, but we're, we've, uh, we're watching this little video. And uh, we'll see how that, that looks and see what we can apply out of it. Go ahead. Ow. Can we sit up at all? Um... In a minute, I'll see if they'll lift you up, okay? Did the doctor send you? Maybe you are eye candy. <laughs> Whoa! Hey, you be the prettiest woman I've ever seen. Are you a model? Nope, I'm going to be right here with you. You eat the Who cracker. Are you? What's your name? My name's Candace. I'm your wife. You're my wife? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Ooh. How long? <laughs> Just eat the cracker, you're waking up. Can we children? <laughs> Not yet. Oh man. Man, have we kissed yet? <laughs> Keep eating your cracker. Oh, it's hard. It's hard, baby. It's hard. Do we call each other baby? <laughs> How long have we been married? A long time. Oh my god, I hit the jackpot. <laughs> I hit the jackpot. His eyes when he says, You're my wife? Um guys, we gotta capture that again. And maybe we take it for granted because we don't care about the housework and we're a little dense. But our eyes have to be have that glint and that that opening of you're my I get to be with you? What does that do if, if we look at our wives, we look at our husbands in that light and just choose that look? Even with the junk on top of us, I get to be with you? I know it's hard. Jared, you don't understand. You don't, you don't know all the stuff she's done. She said, yeah, I got one right there. I live with, I know, I understand. They don't go away. But I get to be with you? Are you a model? I just thought that was so, oh my goodness, how does that change what we're, we're thinking? What does that change in how we, how we perceive problems and, and stuff? Oh, yeah, I get to. This is a privilege. It's not, a, it's not an obligation. This isn't punishment. This isn't eternal like torture for your years here on earth. This is, oh, I get to be with you. I get to go old with you. Awesome. I hit the jackpot. How do we apply that to our, our marriages and our attitudes? 
I think it's critical that we apply that attitude and this awe. I think that encapsulates this scripture by being completely humble and gentle, be patient, bear in, in, with one another in love, make every effort to keep the unity of, of the Spirit through the bond of peace. That one of the uh, top ten reasons that people split was boredom. I thought that was a dumb reason. But boredom, that's an easy one to combat. If you just can encapsulate this, I get to be married with you, boredom goes out the window, doesn't it? This guy apparently has some amnesia issues, so everything, he doesn't get bored, he just kind of forgets what's going on. <laughs> and maybe we need to have selective amnesia. Does that girl mess up? Oh, yeah. They probably were arguing before he went under an anesthesia. But this, this choosing of, oh, wow. We've got to capture that in our marriages, in our relationships. That even if you're not married, you're not even dating anybody, you're, you're, I mean, you don't have any prospects for that. That's okay. What if we had, I mean, we get to do life with people. We get to do life with amazing, good creations that God has, he has made us and called us good, fashioned us, and we get to be with these people in this room with all of our weirdness and all our goofiness, but we get to be with them. That changes our mindset instead of, I got to deal with so-and-so. I get to be with so-and-so. Another question to ask yourself is, what is it like to be on the other side of me? Gross, did someone say? What, what is it like? <laughs> That's what I heard. That's what I heard. What is it like? What is it like to be on the other side of me? Huh? Because First uh, Corinthians thirteen one says, "If I speak with the tongues of men or angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal." <laughs> Sorry for the babies, but resounding. <laughs> now let's be honest. Let's be real honest. How many of your conversations with your spouses? You wish you could mute it. Because you walk in and it starts and all you hear is... But do not have love. I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. That's right, Benjamin. He knows. I don't want that. I don't want that to happen in my marriage. I don't want that to happen. I, that's not good enough for me. And now I can't mute the other person. I can't mute Kelly. <laughs> Rub the lips. I can't do that. I can't make her stop talking. I can't do those things. But I can mute myself. Sometimes people wonder where that button is. But we can control how we, if we crash or we make sweet music. This symbol right here makes, in, in the right environment, sounds awesome. For the right applications, it sounds beautiful. Those applications are very few and far between. In the right, only the right environment. See, I, I did it to myself by hitting that thing. 
We have to focus in on what do our words say? What do our actions say? Are we acting out of love? Because out of love, there's sweet, 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 sweet music. If they are not done out of love, they are... (laughs) Ask this question. What is it like to be on the other side of me? What is it like? What am I taking from that? What do they perceive from this? Now, you can dwell on that. If you're a very introspective person and you like to dwell on things way too much, that's going to drive you insane. I don't want to cause an a anxiety attack on that, okay? But some of us who don't think about other people's feelings all the time need to take a moment and slow down and go, what is it like? How would somebody else take that reaction? How would somebody else take that moment? What is it like to be on the other side of me? How we define love changes how we love. Romans 12, 9 through 13 says, Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. See, there's an important distinction between love and lust. I think often we think what we have is love, and it actually is lust. Love is selfless, and lust is selfish. Quick test. Love is selfless, and lust is selfish. Lust is about control, and love is about giving control away. Lust is about having our way. And love is about giving way. So where in our lives are we practicing this? Where in our lives are we dealing with that? Or if we think about this and we think about our actions just the past week, are we in lust or are we in love? Because if you find yourself agitated all the time because you cannot control the other person's actions, that is lust. You're not practicing love. I want to fall head over heels in love, not in lust. I want to be practicing love with patience and kindness and gentleness in my life to all my relationships, not just my marriage. But if we're honest with ourselves today and we think about where we find ourselves and and all the junk that's placed on us, we can go, maybe love kind of just left the building a while ago. So what does that look like, and how do we get that back? Just by caring. What is it, what is there, you started on the road to loving, if you just ask the simple question, what is it like to be on the other side of me? What is it like to be in their shoes? If you practice humility and you practice the sense of awe, you're on that road, you're on the fast track of that way. Maybe today you find yourself and your marriages are kind of fractured and ruffled and hurt. Maybe today is the day that you just need to apologize with no ulterior motive, not expecting an apology back. That one's hard, isn't it? Maybe it's a day for an apology. Maybe it's a day just to pray together. Maybe it's a day to dream together. 
Maybe today is a day that you can just covenant with each other to start your relationship all over again. I don't know where your relationships find you. I don't know where, um, where your heart is at the moment. But I know God wants amazing things for your life, and he wants amazing things for your marriages, for your relationships, for your children. Over the next few weeks, we're going to explore this just deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. Don't want you to miss a thing of this. We've got all kinds of fun stuff planned, all kinds of exciting things. But I don't know what's more exciting than trying to reclaim, fight for love and marriage. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for this uh, awesome time together. Thank you for this worship service, and thank you for our marriages. Thank you for creating us, and thank you for fighting for us. God, we ask for right now in this room, I don't know if there's marriages around here that, that just need to claim this right now. We pray for strength, and we pray for peace. God, that at this moment, right now, we can, we can choose to start over. That we can choose to have awe of our spouse. And we, we can choose to have patience with our spouse. And we can choose to dream with our spouse. God, when we talk about marriage, our hearts get heavy. And, and sometimes they just hurt. And we have this overwhelming feeling of just, I feel like... I, we're being crushed. God, can you dig us out? Can you help us dig out of this mess we found ourselves? God, I want to see the beauty in, in the mess. God, I want to have the courage to dream again for my marriage. I want to have the courage to be vulnerable in my marriage. God, I pray for the men right now that they would have the strength to be bold enough to take the big steps, to be humble enough to address the issues, to be perceptive enough to see underneath the surface of what's really going on. God, I pray for the women in here that they would that they'd be able to love their husbands differently. Care for them in a, a new way. Maybe see them differently. God, we ask for all the things that we've taken for granted that we would be in awe of today. Lord, we love you. We praise your name. Amen.